Play it, baby. Play it. Play it like you mean it. The hi hat. The hi hat. Get the hi hat. Turn my right. Turn my headphones up. Zip it. Welcome to BizBody. What's up, guys? Welcome to BizBody. I am Keith Shimon, your host, along with Brandon Miller. The one and only. The one and only. Draw it up, baby. Draw it up. Before we get started, make sure you go over to BizBody.net. We have a newsletter over there that contains some workflows that go along with some of these episodes. So if you sign up for the newsletter, we'll ship those workflows out to you, and you can use them at your own discretion. We, we pretend being professionals on the radio, so um, use them at your own discretion. We really don't have a business. <laughs> we do, we do. We just I live in my podcast. mother's basement. <laughs> you almost got nunchucked and you didn't even know it. Right. So today we're going over presentations, and we thought it would be, I, I should say fitting, because we have a presentation tomorrow that we're going to do. We're actually going to um, record it and... If you guys would like us to um, replay it on the website or like us to uh, upload it to YouTube or whatnot, we can do that as well. Um, but this is basically what we have learned from the process of building this message and this presentation, which, you know, we thought at first, yeah, no big deal. We'll put our message together like we've always put together. But then we realized our message kind of sucked. And if the message sucked, then from there, we couldn't really describe what we were doing. And then the audience that we want to present to and, and hopefully tailor that message to, it wouldn't matter anyways, because they wouldn't get the message and we wouldn't help them. So the whole point for the presentation is, how are we trying to help? What's our message? And who are you talking to? So we have a couple of um, main points that we're going to go through today that were kind of aha moments, um, especially... When Brandon presented to me a um, an audio book that uh, that he thought was pretty pretty amazing for understanding the message that you're trying to convey, which is uh, Story Brand, I believe, right? Yeah, Donald Miller. Donald Miller. He has a he has a whole um, you know series now. I mean, I think he's written seven or eight books, but um, the Story Brand book was it's pretty. Uh, pretty insightful. I mean, it, it made a lot of sense. It's one of those books where you're like, as you're going through it, you're like, Oh crap. Like that makes total sense. Why didn't I think of that? (laughs) Why am I not doing this? Right. And, uh, I think, uh, it's definitely helped put into perspective, like some of the things that you and I have been trying to, I guess, explain for years, but like in a way where it's, in the words of the customer, you know, and I think like he explains it very, very well in the book where, you know, like if when you're running a business, you're usually somewhat of an expert, or at least you, you would think you would be somewhat of an expert in your field, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, so your, your expertise in that subject matter product, whatever it is that you offer is usually at a 10 on a scale of one to 10. Like somebody asks you a question, you can totally answer just about anything, you know, about that product or service. 
and you're very knowledgeable, right? Well, most of your consumers that come in to either purchase your product or purchase your service come in around a two. <laughs> and most people, as they go and try to deliver their message or give their you know elevator spiel on what they do, even if they try to dumb it down to the extent where they think it's dumbed down, it usually falls around that six or seven. Yeah. And he explains in the book how you know, consumers don't buy six and sevens or eight and nines. They buy ones and twos. Mm-hmm. Like, and being able to concisely, you know, configure your message where that client knows exactly what you do. They might not know the backing behind what you do or the scientific, you know, method behind what you do. And quite honestly, they don't care. It may take a, they just, a lifetime to understand right. that. They just want to know, what do you offer? How's it going to make my life better? And how do I buy it? Yep. And if you can answer those three things relatively quickly with your messaging, you're going to tend to sell a lot more product or a lot more service. And, yep. it, and it really makes sense when he goes through in depth and explains like how to con- you know bring that stuff down to a more well, step by step rudimentary rudimentary level where it's just like holy crap like that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. like i don't have to use all these words you know to get my my point across because if somebody's yeah. looking for x and i tell them that i offer this then maybe they want to understand the details behind how we do that yeah but at the same time like i don't have to verbally puke over somebody to convince them that I'm smart, and because I'm smart, they want to buy my product or service, right? Well, it's what, like, what did you say every single time that I start talking to somebody about what we do? What what ends up happening? I just walk away. You walk away, or <laughs> like their eyes. Their, their eyes, their eyes end up kind of like glossing over, and they right. they have this like vacant look on their face. Yeah, they've checked out, and they completely checked out. And you know, I, I thought all I was doing was explaining what I do very, very well, and. And even when what I look for are links of people that would have some insight on the human body. So I'd run with it because I'm like, they'd probably geek out about the human body like I do. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It's not that way. And what's cool about this book is that there's also an accompanying um, workflow that, that goes online with it. He has like all these little bonuses along with the book that makes it very easy for you to get where he is coming from and then work through it where most people just read the book kind of or listen to it and then put it aside and they don't take action on it. I I like the idea of listening to something or reading something and putting it into action as soon as possible, as soon as it's fresh, you know, and that's what's really stood out or that's what really stood out to me in this book, because it's almost like his own presentation. And that's how I want my presentations to feel as well. I'm like, do I want to kill people with PowerPoint and put them to sleep? Or do I want to actually have a solid message, something that can help the audience at that point in time? And not only that, establish that we are the the authority that can guide them and that we're not just we're not just the answer, right? Like we're not the ones that are going to take them to the next level. They have to take themselves to the next level through whatever we put out there that can help them. Right. And I think, you know, the um the thing that we found even in our own practice is the the clientele that actually takes ownership and takes accountability for their own situation and allows us to kind of, you know, be the the person that 
is able to guide them through that journey tend to do a lot better than the people that come in that want our help, don't want to take any accountability and make us or try to make us accountable for all their problems. Yeah. And, you know, like, I think that that type of client is a is a much more draining client on us, like both mentally and physically, Mm -hmm. but also isn't really the client that we're truly looking for in the first place. And it, you know, we don't have as many of those clients as we used to, but you still get those clients from time to time that like, you know, that there's probably something you can do to help if you can just get through to them that they need to also do something to help themselves as well. And it's like, do you turn that, that potential client away and send them to somebody who maybe doesn't give a crap about them whatsoever yeah. or isn't going to try to get them to try to help themselves? Or do you do your best for a certain period of time and see whether or not you can change their outlook on, you know, their current situation? And I think that's a, that's a tough thing, you know, that as a practitioner, you got to decide whether or not you're willing to, you know, take that on or not. But I think at the at the end of the day, it's, you know, if if you can get through to your client that, you know, I don't want to be the person that fixes you or makes you better. Like, I want to put you in a position to learn how to take care of yourself. I want to I want to teach you how, you know, the things that you need to do in order to feel better longer term so that you're not relying on me for everything or you're not relying on somebody else for everything. Like you're actually taking some ownership in what it is that you want to accomplish. Right. And I think, you know, those are the type of people that we found like that do really, really well. And they might not necessarily come in with that attitude. Right. But if you can explain to them like, Hey, this is how this process works, but you're going to have to take a little onus on yourself. And if you do, here are some of the great benefits you can get out of this, well, right? That's what that's what you know. Presentations are so cool to be able to start the process of. Okay, now am I aligning my message in order to attract those people, and am I making it easy enough for what I'm saying for them to understand and digest, so they're not sitting there spinning their wheels trying to figure out like, is this stuff going to help me? How's it going to help me? And then who's the person that's going to facilitate this stuff? Like, what's the plan? Like, what, what is our plan? So one of the things that, I, that I've done over and over that's helped me out a lot, and if you haven't done it already, you should, is um, go to the TED Talks YouTube channel. There's a couple different books out there besides, um, bef- besides the uh, Story Brand book, which is uh, Talk Like TED. Uh, slideology and the art of explanation. They're all fantastic books with trying to convey a a message. But then on top of that, um, how to order it in, in an actual story for your presentation that is actually captivating rather than completely boring and and a waste of time for everybody. Because if your presentation isn't hooking people right off the bat into understanding what it is that you do and how it relates to them because they can put themselves in that story and how you're the guide, then they're lost. You've lost them and it's a waste of time. And I think, you know, like there's a fine line, right? Because we went back and forth. I mean, how many times have we changed the idea of what this presentation is going to be due to like different things that, you know, we've either done in the past or things that we've thought about. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, what about this? Oh, what about this? You know, and in well, the think midst about speech class, right? And in the midst of trying to, 
you know, make it captivating, simple, to the point. Like, it's like, oh, we can cut that out. We can cut that out. Oh, we should go this direction. Oh, we should go that direction. Well, cutting, out, like, cutting out is huge. Right. And I think, like, you know, to put together a quality presentation is not an easy thing. And especially, like... I think the more of an expert you are in the subject, the harder it is, not the easier, because it's like, you know, you're maybe going to get a 15, 20 minute window max mm-hmm. to keep people's attention before they're just going to check out. Yeah. And even if they're super interested in what you do, nobody wants to let, listen to most people talk for 30, 40 minutes. Like I sure as a shit don't like, yeah. you know, I want, you know, when I'm listening to somebody talk, like if I'm captivated, it's like, you know, I want that, like you know, quick to the point where it's almost leaving me with the sense that I want more, just not today, Yeah. but I want to, I want more later. You continue right? a conversation. Right. So I think, you know, in the midst of this, you know, we've definitely, you know, went through eight, nine, 10, you know, iterations of, oh, the, of what's going to happen. And I think, you know, taking, you know, ideas from a bunch of different places has really helped us kind of solidify where we want to go with this thing. But at the same time, it's like, you got to know your audience, right? So we go in with a plan, but you know that plan may or may not change based on the audience that ends up showing up tomorrow, oh, right? Com- uh, completely, completely. And it, you know, on taking that one step further, it's the idea that you know you have to start early. Like you have to start early if you if you have a presentation that <clears throat> that's I don't know maybe a month, two months down the road, maybe even six months. Like start now because the presentation is going to evolve over time. I mean, it's really going to evolve over time. And not only that, it's such a great process to be able to figure out what the heck you actually, uh, what your what your message is. Because if you can consolidate that into like one sentence that really like has the baseline of how you help people, you know, and and who you help, and like like what's going to happen, kind of thing. Uh, or how it relates to them socially. Are you going to solve a financial problem? Are you going to solve a physical problem? Like what's happening? And it's just like in their face, and it really resonates with somebody. You're gonna you're gonna feel it. You're gonna know it because people are gonna respond to it. Kind of like the um, the past couple of weeks, I've been really playing with it as far as um, messaging over the past like month and a half, and. It's like all of a sudden people are starting to understand the difference between activity and exercise just because I've been changing it slightly, like just just to see how people respond to it. And it completely changed some people's idea of what activity versus an exercise even is. And that's that's almost the core being of, of why we do what we do, because of what we believe an exercise can do that an activity just can't. Right. And, you know, like... Sometimes that's not an easy message to convey, you know, because while you may be speaking the same language, you're not speaking the same language, you know, and it's like, you know, really starting to get to the essence of like what some of these words mean to me versus what they mean to you. You know, you might be talking the same vocabulary, but if I look at, if I take a word and I deem it to mean this and you deem it to mean that, like we can get two different things out of that conversation. Right. And I think that's always been the tricky part with, you know, talking with people about exercise or talking with people about activity, because there's so much, you know, information out there, wrong, right, indifferent. How do you sift through it? Like as a consumer and you've been bombarded with all this stuff that 
if somebody starts talking about some of these things and using words like stability and balance and, you know, like you automatically as the consumer, like, think you know what they're talking well, they're about. They're shaking their head. And, like, yeah, like, oh, they're, totally. They're, I totally they're, know what they're that they're means because, I, yeah. because I've heard it a thousand times. Yeah. But I don't really know what it means. Like, who's comfortable saying that? You yeah. know, it's like you can be in a meeting with anybody and it's like, yeah, I, you know, in a meeting with my financial advisor and he's using words like, you know, mutual funds and, you know, <laughs> investment portfolios and all this other stuff. And I'm like, shaking my head. I was like, yeah, I think I know. I'm pretty, pretty sure I know what that means. Yeah. But if I actually asked him to explain that better, like I probably have no idea. Oh, I mean, like, one, of my, one of my clients today works for Northwestern Mutual, and he was telling me, you know, I was really thinking about your presentation the other day, and it reminded me of when people take distributions out of their uh, out of their asset in order to allocate it at different times during their portfolio, so that they can maximize and like blah 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 with all these. You know, look, that's exactly what my brain did. Right? right, was the blah 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 blah. Well, I've heard all those words before. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. But like it, at first, I kind of, I kind of did, and then it just, I lost me, just like I would for everybody else that talked to me about what I was doing. So it's like if I can talk to him. And what I'm saying now, and I do this all the time now, just to test the waters, I see when he tunes out. And like I make a note of, okay, what were the words that I lost him with? And what are the words that sound similar that like if my son who's seven heard it, he would just he just rattle it off in a different way. Because kids have this great way of describing things like exactly what it is or an analogy that it's just like, holy crap, it is that thing. So, yeah. I mean, why do I have to call it something else? Right. And it, that goes back to the whole idea of, you know, like you as the practitioner and the expert always talking in that, you know, eight to 10 knowledge range. And mm-hmm. you should be talking in the one to two knowledge range. Speaking client. For, like for the, for yeah. the client, you yeah. know, so the client's like, oh, yeah, I totally get that. You yeah. know, like, and I think, you know, as the practitioner, because you are so knowledgeable about what it is that you're doing, you think you're dumbing it down enough to where it's like, oh, that's so simple. Like a moron can understand that, but no, like it's really not. Like, <laughs> well, if you ever and, 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 the, yourself. and the funny thing is, it's like when you're with somebody else that's in your industry or what have you, and you hear them. It's like you were talking about earlier, like when you're talking to a client sometimes, and like, you know, you make fun of me because I'm just kind of like rolling my eyes because I see the client's eyes just basically like what the hell is he talking about? Like <laughs> sucked in the back you of know, his skull. And, and you're so excited about it because like, this is what you're passionate about. This is what you really truly believe in and yeah. how, you know, this can change people's lives. And like, you're totally oblivious to the fact that the client has totally lost interest well, because they, they're, they're just, just excited like, cause I'm yeah, excited. That's I, the only reason I, they're like, I, yeah, 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 they're sitting there yeah, smiling yeah. and shaking their head, but they have absolutely <laughs> no idea what the hell you're talking about. I'm like, I'm right. excited right now and I don't know why. Right. And you know, that's, that's the, that's the hardest part is like getting that messaging so simple and so down, like to the nitty gritty that, you know, somebody that doesn't know anything about what you do, you know, in the sense of, you know, scientifically or expertly or whatever, knows, oh, if I do this, this changes my life this way. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in that. I yeah. don't know how that works, but I'm interested in that changing my life this way. Yeah. You know, yeah. and if you can get that message down where, you know, this, your product or your service is able to help people this way. Nobody really cares how you go about doing it. 
They care about, is that going to make my life better in this sense? Is yeah. this going to make my life easier in this sense? Is this li- you know, going to make me be able to do X, Y, or Z better? If you can do that, great. Most people don't give a shit how you get there. Yeah. They just they just want you to do that thing for them, right? That's what you want your presentation to be able to provide to people, right? right? So taking that one step in a, in a slightly different direction, now really quickly, some of the things that I think about on the technical side that I think are, are really, really important whenever the things you should consider before you give a presentation. So um, we talked about number one and number two, which is kind of a tie um, – know your message and know your audience. Um, the third thing that I would say is know what you want to do as far as uh, if you want audio video, or if you just want to go in with, um, just yourself telling a story or do you need handouts? Like what do you need in order to make the show happen? Cause you have to view this as entertainment as well. So if, if you're not entertained by this at all, when you're creating it, chances are no one else is either. Right, you have to be able to hold their attention. So, what are you going to use to grab their attention? The intro should be something that either relates to them directly by telling a story, or it's something that is so out of the ordinary that they're never going to forget it. Like if you start out your presentation like with Sam Kennison, like someone <laughs> like you, like yelling at Just them, yelling. like, and they're like, "Oh my god, this, this guy's yelling no. at me." Well, I heard I heard one that was was really cool. Um, the guy told everyone in the room to close their eyes and you know, that's kind of creepy. But anyway, the guy, guy, you know, got everyone to close their eyes and he's like, now just think of it. Like you, you've, you know, you're on, you're, you're tired, you're on the beach, you know, you're on the sand and then the waves are crashing up on your feet and your wife is next to you and in, in a bikini and, and you're like, you're ripped on the beach and you're 55 years old, like Sylvester Stallone, who's now 71 and ripped it more ripped than I am, um, doing pull-ups with 45 pound plates between his legs. And then all of a sudden he has this alarm clock and he, and he holds the alarm clock like right up to the microphone. It's like, eh, eh, eh. now wake up. You got to take your butt to work right now. Right. <laughs> he's like, cause you didn't save enough for retirement. And he's like, holy crap, like I do have to save more for retirement. I want that to be me. Like I could see that being me. I mean, he was in a room with a bunch of guys, you know, and if and um, they were all concerned about whether or not they're going to have enough money for retirement. And for us coming out towards this presentation, it's pretty much talking to a little bit older population about keeping their body, you know, right for the rest of their life. Yeah. So, I mean, us relating it to that is going to be, it's going to be a pattern interrupt about something that puts them in the story of how they age and being able to use their body versus not being able to use their body. And to me, I'm not one to want to talk primarily about the negative stuff that happens all the time, but you still have to be aware that th- that, that may be a possibility if you go down the wrong path. Well, I think it's it's more along the lines, you need to paint somewhat of a picture of if somebody doesn't use your product or service, what could happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like in a negative way, because like if your product or service is that good and it changes, it changes people's lives, you know, for the better, there has to be a negative consequence if they don't use it, mm-hmm. right? So you don't have to be the the, the antithesis of doom and gloom. You have to be fear monger. But at the same time, like people should kind of understand, you know, if they don't utilize you, 
for your product or service, like these are the, the potential things that could happen. Right. And nobody wants to go down that path. Well, right? I mean, so we, we exercise the way we exercise because we want to avoid hip replacements and knee replacements and shoulder replacements. I mean, it's or fusions or whatnot. It's like or dad bods or dad bods. <laughs> well, I mean, to, to be completely honest, it's like, number one, keeping the sucker working for for as long as I, I live without declining that much is my my main goal. And it also fuels my research into this, this area of expertise even further, because I'm like, I don't want to wear out, you know, I mean, I know I, I'm going to die eventually, but I want to function as good as possible until, and you're dead. You right. know, that's I it. I want to be deadlifting 300 pounds one day and then dead the next like, <laughs> while, while eating pizza. Right. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I don't want to be uh, sitting in my, in my recliner, not able to get up or move, you know, and somebody having to feed me and change me, and then dead. Like, no. I want to be able to like do the things that I want to do, and then go to bed and die in my sleep. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I, I will never take this for granted. I mean, it was almost like the idea of um, having LASIK surgery. You know, I mean, how many times do you think about? Because Brandon and I had LASIK surgery, what five, six years ago, something like that. Yeah. And best it, money ever spent. And, and well, literally, did you know that world until it happened? I'm right. like, I didn't even realize it, like I could wake up and see something. It was so like my vision sucked so bad and like dealing with contacts and dealing with glasses, it just was a, a way of life. And now I wake up and I don't have to deal with any of it. Right. I mean, it's until, and it's funny, it's like until something, and we talked about this this morning, until something gets taken away, you don't really appreciate it as much. But once it's taken away for a long time, it's almost like you start not to necessarily miss it as much, yeah. right? But then when somebody gives that thing back to you, you're like, holy shit, how did I ever live without this? Oh, completely. Like, or how did I ever do this without being able to do this? It's like, you know, my client this morning that, you know, has really gone through a transformation in the sense of a dysfunction that she's had for a while that, like, now she's starting to get simple things back. Like, you know, being able to pick up, a, you know, a cup, being able to pick up like something with her arm and not have these shooting pains where she'd have to drop it, right? Yeah. Things that over time, like she just avoided and it became second nature to avoid them because she knew it was going to hurt. And now that she's starting to do them again, it's like, she's like, how did I ever live without being able to do that stuff. Yeah. Like, and it's just... She's it's showing one, her friends how she can yeah, lift like a like, six pack yeah, of... Like a six pack of Coke that everybody kind of takes for granted. And she's sitting there like, oh my God, look at this. And, they're all, like, and they're all like, what's wrong what, with you? Okay, you, you're completely weird. Right. But it's like, I think it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I had been blind, basically, <laughs> you know. Since I, I, like I, fifth I'd grade. Been, yeah, like I'd had glasses since I was like fourth and fifth grade, right? Yeah. So I'd been blind... Since then, because my eyes just were absolutely terrible to the point where the yes. clock on my nightstand, I couldn't even read. I, yeah, there's not even right? a chance. It, it was <laughs> just horrible, right? Did you ever have a, like a scenario where like you your contacts or your glasses were completely just gone? You know, I remember one time I'd play like pick up basketball, right? And it was it was when I was in Florida, and uh, they just got demolished because I was right, right after work. Like I couldn't drive. At all, like I, mean, I literally was like squinting. I had like one one eyeglass to my left eye, and I'm driving on like 95, where people are going like a hundred thousand miles an hour, and they get like a grandma going like five. Right. So you're, it's like a game of Frogger in a car. 
you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, no, that's never really happened. Like the one thing, the one time that I got really, really nervous is, like, I had a, I had a baseball tournament, you know, when I was, I think I was probably in sixth grade at the time, that I was supposed to leave Saturday morning for, and it was a Saturday yeah. Sunday tournament. Well, like we used to get together over my house or over my buddy's house and we'd play these like pickup games of basketball, right? Like the Dr. Pepper kid. And, yeah. And of course, like we're always playing on this eight and a half foot goal so that we could like dunk and all this other stuff. So I remember like Friday afternoon, like after school, come home, like all the guys come over, we're playing basketball. And again, like at this point, like I have contacts, right? But mm-hmm. back then, like I had the hard contacts. So. You know, like you blink wrong and those things would shoot out your eye, right? And you didn't have replacements for them because that's what you had. It was like, you know, my dad had his hard contacts for like 20 years before he finally like had to get rid of them, right? Because they don't make them anymore. So, you know, we're playing and stuff and like I go up to dunk on my buddy and he like smokes me right in the face, like tries to block my shot and just like smacks me across the face. And at the time, like, you know, it happens, you kind of fall or whatever, and you're picking yourself up, and I start to look around, and I'm freaking blind in my right eye. Like, I literally can't see shit, right? (laughs) And and I'm, like, freaking out because I'm like, oh, my God, my contact, my contact, you know, like, and we're in my driveway with concrete. Don't don't step. Yeah. Don't move. And then there's grass, you know, like, because the basketball goal is right up against the grass. Oh, yeah. Like, how the hell do you find a contact that's like a hard contact where smaller, even smaller, it, and they're clear? <laughs> so it's like as soon as I was like, "Don't anybody move!" and you're blind, right? <laughs> my contact is officially out of my eye. <laughs> so we're like sitting there, literally for hours, oh. looking for this contact because I've got to leave tomorrow and play a baseball game. I don't have a pair of glasses that are current at this point. <laughs> So if I don't find this contact, I like might as well not even go. Were, were they like your glasses that you had uh, like, like three were, years like ago? Goes, yeah, like three so prescriptions like ago. Taped. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they were awful, right? So so we literally were like looked for hours for this freaking contact, right? And looking around, looking around, nobody can find it. Nobody can find it. And my buddy just kind of looks at me and is like, grabs onto my shirt and it was stuck to my shirt. Like I didn't oh, even, like, thank God I didn't touch the ground. No. Like, so, I mean, I was so like relieved. relieved. I mean, I, I was just like, what am I going to tell my dad? He's going to kill me. Like, mm-hmm. what am I going to, you know, like, how am I going to, you know, how am but, I going to tell him that? I mean, like when you think about it, it's like without being able to see, I mean, you put everything in jeopardy, you know, like everything that you do that requires vision you're just done. You're absolutely done. Like I was so blind. I couldn't make out my daughter's face, you know, from a hole in the ground. If, if she was like 12 feet away, there's like, I have no idea who that person is. She's like a kind of a blob. Right. And, and now I'm like 2015 with no astigmatism. Yeah. Just like overnight. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. I, like how did this happen? You know, but those types of stories, right. You know, putting people into that story and then knowing like, how, look at, look at the kind of transformation that you can have. And knowing that if you don't have your sight, what it's going to cost you, like there's nothing wrong with explaining the story. It's the point that if you just layer bad thing after bad thing after bad thing after bad thing, that people are going to get turned off. Right. It's, you know, cost benefit, right? It's like yeah. the uh, here's the benefit to using our service or product. 
here's what it might cost you if you don't, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't have to be a laundry list full of things. It could be, you know, like, again, like pulling on those those purse strings, right, where it's like, well, you know, you might not be... What would it, What is it like when you can't see your own child's face? Mm-hmm. You know, like something like, oh, man, like that's that's not good. Oh, and you know, if, you, like, if you can't do those things too, like your your service better have a solution that can that can deliver, right? Because right? like if you're promising a bunch of stuff that you can't do, or just kind of works some of the time, like it better be upfront with it. Otherwise, you're going to disappoint a lot of people. Right. And, you know, there's a difference between like overstating what it is you can do and what you actually do, you know? And I think, you know, what what do you do really well, right? Once you figure that out, then you can message around that. Yeah. And I think that keeps you out of trouble. But, you know, we had a, we had trouble for a long time, like just narrowing down what it is we actually did. we, We felt like, you know, we could work and help anybody and everybody right we had this we had this really cool skill set that we were like you know i think i can pretty much uh cure cancer with this uh it's not like just, really just ask the cancer patient right you know? so it's you know it, but i think once once you narrow down that focus it's like there's nothing wrong with saying hey if you don't use this this might happen you know yeah. and if it does and somebody comes in and wants help like hopefully your product or service Helps that, yeah. Like, and it should, yeah. You know, it, def- um, it definitely should. You know, um, one last thing that I that I want to mention is um, one thing that can that can also help with um, facilitating a, a communication to the people that uh, you're presenting to. Uh, we're doing um, we're doing a, kind of a, a PDF guide that can help with the people that are there. Um, we'll have two ways to get it. Like they can either text us their email address so we can continue the conversation or um, I'm, put to, I'm putting together a landing page and I'll post the uh, URL link to um, to the collection site in what they put their, their email address in, they'll get the PDF. So um, that's a great way to give them some collateral that can help them and coach them, um, provide them value and maybe even um, some answers and hold you into the steam of the professional that they want to work with in a positive relationship. Right. And it gives you their email address, which then you can put in your sales funnel. Yeah. It helps too. It helps too. So, um, lastly, um, the main thing that I would say again and again and again, watch as many presentations as you can or listen to as many presentations as you can, because it gives you really good ideas of introductions, um, main main talking points, how they put it together, their pauses, how they take their time, and lastly, their conclusions and how they wrap things up. And on that note, let's wrap this up. See you next time, guys.